0: All right, so I think we're—I think this is the last of our gripes giving series. Is that right, Jason, or do you have more to gripe about? That was fun, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. See, I didn't—I didn't understand. Yeah, I think we're—we're supposed to start being grateful next week, which is good. I'm sure we can find lots of things to be grateful about, too. Um, oh, I like this, might have to, this might have to be a regular thing right here, this is nice. I do want to uh, let you know, I'm not going to name names, because that's their business, but. We do have some folks in our church community who have gotten sick this last week. and A couple of them are feeling pretty terrible. So we're praying for them. Uh, We've all seen the news, we know that this very pernicious virus is running rampant in our community, in our state, really around the world right now. Even places that seemed to have early success like uh, Sweden is a name that was thrown around a lot about how great they did. Not looking so great right now. Uh, it's, it's serious business. It's not, hopefully, serious business for most people. But it's serious business for some people. And there are so many people who are so afraid. And I just ask you to be mindful of that as you're in your community and in your work and in your, your bubble of people. To be kind to one another, and, uh, and just do your best, uh, take, it, take it with uh, some seriousness, because uh, I just had a friend of mine on social media the other day, it was like, I've known a whole bunch of people that got it, it wasn't a big deal for any of them, it's all a scam. Well, I can tell you right now, there is one of ours who is a regular attender here, has not been with us the last couple of weeks, who is very, very ill this morning. They're not elderly. They're in great shape. They do all the healthy things. And they're feeling awful. We pray for their recovery right now. And I think this message comes at a timely moment. Uh, This whole series came at a timely moment. Speaking of time, last week Jason talked about time management and, and having an attitude that makes an intentional space for God in your daily life. And I heard two testimonies this morning about people doing that. And one, seeing a lot of pleasure in that and seeing God's hand move in some potentially very positive ways and somebody else who felt like they started that and then they got beat up all week long. The Bible says the rain falls equally on the just and the unjust. Life throws at it what life throws at it. And as we have said here repeatedly, and will probably be part of the theme again this morning, God never promised to make life easy. He promised to not leave us to ourselves if we would trust him. He would be with us. Emmanuel, we're going to be kicking off an Advent series here in a couple of weeks, The Anticipation of the Messiah. Emmanuel, God with us, that's what Emmanuel means. That's what he promised is that no matter what, if we would trust him, if we would embrace him, if we would receive the grace that he offers to us, that he would never, ever leave us alone in our circumstances. And so I just ask you to cling to that promise and uh, and and be good to your neighbor. All right? So uh, we're talking about darkness and light. Um, Russ, you could take me out of these monitors just about completely. I think that's where this ring is coming from, and I don't need to hear me that much. I listen to myself all the time, talk to myself frequently. All right, so I'm going to go back to the beginning, literally the beginning, literally the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Now, Jim asked a great philosophical question this morning that I'm actually going to answer. It's a chicken-egg thing which came first, the darkness or the light. Because if God created light, doesn't that mean it was dark before that? Does that mean he created the dark or was it simply dark? And if God was around, how, how could it be dark? Right? And I would just suggest to you that the story we're look, looking at here is not about the kingdom of heaven where God resides, where we already we learn already in the book of Revelation and in the kingdom of heaven, in heaven itself, there is no night. No more night. No more pain, no more tears, never crying again in praises to the great I Am. We will live in the light of the risen Lamb. No more night. This is not the kingdom of God. <laughs> this is something new. This is something that he's creating out of nothingness. Um, Even the expanse of the universe, if we understand uh, anything about science today uh, when it comes to the cosmos, I'm not sure that we really do. There's a lot, of course, that we don't know. We say sometimes, you know, Alaska is called the last frontier, but uh, as we came to understand ocean exploration, we found that there was a whole other frontier under the surface of the water that... Uh, The depths of which we still haven't fully understood and if we take that and then think about the expanse of space and the exploration that's happening right now, the pictures that came back from uh, the Mars rover the other day were just absolutely stunning, really incredible as we march towards the possibility of human beings putting their boots on the ground on the planet of Mars in the next several years. How crazy is that? And yet we still have barely... I mean, it's like taking a walk from here to the end of the parking lot. And yet it would appear, to the best that we can understand, that the universe itself exists within some sort of structure. It is not boundless. It does have an end. Thank you, Mr. Spock, Captain Kirk. What does God need with a starship? They were looking for the end of the universe. And so God creates this framework within a structure that he designs that is separate. It is distinct from the kingdom where he resides, where his presence is fully known. And in that kingdom, there is no darkness. But at the beginning of this creation, it says that he had an earth that he had formed, the expanse of the cosmos, but there was not yet any light. And he said, in his goodness, we understand from John chapter 1, which we're going to read from here in a minute, we're not going to read this particular verse, but it's in the same context. We understand here that when God created, it was the person of Jesus Christ who created anything and everything and all things. And so think about the Jesus that we will celebrate his birth here in just about a month. Uh, In case you're wondering, shopping time, it's a month from now. I don't know. How does that even work now? I I don't even know. Uh, What an interesting year it's going to be! Uh, Don't let your postal carrier hear that. (laughs) Somebody said Amazon, and I'm I'm with you. But man, hope Kim's not watching today. She's gonna message me right now. Where's my phone? Better turn it off. Um, By the way, your postal service people are working awfully hard. Be good to them. Be kind to them. Um, But. We're going to celebrate Jesus, his birth, his his arrival. We're going to spend some time anticipating that, and then we will celebrate his arrival. But that's his arrival here, clothed in human form, walking among humanity to fulfill the Father's promise to provide a perfect priest and a perfect sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. But whatever your picture of is, uh, picture is of Jesus, remember that he is also this, this preeminent, this preexisting being, this, this expression of the triune God who in the beginning when it says and God said, it's, it's saying that and Jesus said let there be light. And guess what happens? it was. And he said, this is good. Now, we live in a modern world where the concept of darkness is difficult to achieve. Um, We're going to kill all the lights here in a minute, but there will still be, you know, I can see a a router on the back table with green lights flashing and the monitors from the computers will still be on. Jan's computer over here still has some light coming from it. If you've got a tablet or a phone, you know, it still has some radiant light. We've blacked out these windows this morning, but even though we didn't black those out, it's dark over there, but there's a window at the hallway. Almost impossible for us to make this room completely dark. And then when we go outside of here, of course, Inside the city, and actually almost anywhere on the planet, it's impossible on the surface of the planet to actually experience complete darkness. There are about seven or eight uh, places on the earth that are considered to be the darkest places on the planet, and they're popular uh, popular destinations to go and stargaze, because you can actually see the heavens, you can actually see the stars, and if you... I want to go home later. Look it up. Darkest places on Earth. And you'll see some photographs of the Milky Way and the galaxies, and it's just stunning. And something that we now in modern day can't really imagine. Even when we go out into the country, you'd be surprised at how much the light pollution from the world is still influencing what you can and can't see when you think you're out in the middle of nowhere. But... uh, Karen and I have experienced complete darkness, and maybe you have too. Uh, Now, we did this willingly. There are people who go and do things like cave diving. Anyone here in this room interested in that? That sounds like the absolute worst idea ever to me. Um, I just, I'm getting nervous. I'm anxious thinking about it. I've watched some documentaries of people who get stuck a mile and a half underground and someone has to go rescue them don't call me I'm not coming sorry honey if you take up cave diving I'll wait on the surface and uh, hope you come back but you can go underground and get to complete darkness we traveled to uh, Italy many years ago and uh, went to some catacombs just outside of Rome uh, along the the Appian Way, which is a famous uh, road related to early Christianity and church history. And there's many churches that, that populate along the road out there in the small communities. And I believe the place that we went was St. Sebastian's is where we went through. Um, but we, you know, you go down and, and they have... Now of course electric torches and things that are everywhere and the guide has a flashlight and they're showing you through these tunnels. And they're you know, these are hand carved tunnels that when the church was under persecution, they would take and carve these and the bodies of the Christians and the saints would be buried underground so that they would try to protect them from being um desecrated or the graves looted and the believers could be buried together and those kinds of things. So as you walk down these corridors with these flashlights flashing and every now and then an electric lamp somewhere hanging, you would see these alcoves that were carved out of the stone, maybe two or three high, depending on the height of the, the tunnel. And while we didn't see any bodies laying in there, because by now, over centuries of time, they had been looted numerous times. And then as the the danger of desecration became less, they moved those bodies to proper cemeteries and things like that. There were no bodies in there. But in every one of these these alcoves that were just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds in miles of labyrinth tunnels underneath the ground, there used to be a, a, a person there. And we got to this one spot where it was kind of a large uh, room, a room large enough for our group to, to gather. I don't think there was probably more than 15 or 20 people in our group uh, at a time. And uh, we all gathered in that room, and uh, the guide said, now what we're going to do is we're just going to turn off all of the, the light sources so that you can experience probably for the first time and maybe, maybe the only real time in your whole life absolute and utter darkness. And so they did. Everything went off. And it's different than like covering your eyes or having something over your eyes because your brain knows that your eyes are open. And your eyes, whenever they're open, if you are a seeing person, your brain is absolutely tuned in to getting input from your surroundings, depth perception, shapes, identifiable people, colors, Um, You can make, uh, your brain makes calculations about what the temperature might look like based on what the lighting sources around you look like and all, all sorts of things. You know, millions of calculations are happening in your brain even right now as you're viewing this with your eyes. And in that moment, we turned off those light sources and we were plunged in absolute, complete darkness. And it does not take long for your brain to start to freak out a little bit. Now, we knew we were safe. We weren't gonna go anywhere. I mean, prayerfully, no weird, dark monster was gonna jump out of the tunnels and consume us all. We hadn't heard of that happening, so we felt pretty okay about that. But you find yourself pushing your, your, your eyelids open as far as they'll go. And you know, people say that phrase, so dark that you can't see your hand in front of your face, and it was literally true. Put your hand in front of your face, and you know it's there. You can feel it. You can touch your nose, and you cannot see a thing. And when I see these verses where God says, let there be light, and some of the others that we'll share this morning, I think back to that experience. That in a, in a physical sense, we experienced this utter darkness, and it was so unsettling. It was frightening. It was frightening. It produced anxiety, and if you were stuck in that with no hope of getting out, which is one of the things, of course, that they were demonstrating to us was that we had to stick together because if we got lost and we didn't have light down there, even if we had light, we probably wouldn't be able to find our way out, but if something happened and we were lost in the dark, you're lost. There is no escape for you. And then if we take and we, we take those earthly pictures and we transfer them over to a, a spiritual condition. As we live in times like this, as we look back over the history of humanity and we see the different cataclysms that, that humanity has faced, terrible wars, terrible injustices, terrible disease destruction, uh, the inhumanity of of person against person. It's not difficult at all to have a sense of the spiritual darkness that so many live in today. And it might be for us at times that we feel like the darkness is overtaking that the darkness is winning, that, that feeling of just kind of being despondent like, where is the good in the world? People ask the question, how can there be a good God and these terrible things happen? It's a fair question, which God is willing and able to answer. The short answer is because he allows you and I to live as free individuals to make choices, and sometimes people make terrible choices against one another. The the opposite of that would be for him to control all of us, and we would have no free choice, no free will. And he did not create us that way. And what he calls us to as Christians is to remember this beginning text, Jesus said, let there be light, and there was light. And then we understand this about Jesus. Took a long way around there. Now, if you don't believe me about Jesus creating light, here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In addition to John chapter 1, which you could go read on your own later, John, the gospel of John chapter 1, you can read through there. But in 2 Corinthians, the writer here, writing to the church of Corinth, underscores this. He says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. So there's something for us as believers as we think about the darkness of the world and in times like these when our anxiety may be high and we're looking at how the world is going and and we're worried about uh, government structures and we're worried about disease and all of these things and it feels like the, the darkness is encroaching, the darkness is coming upon us. Remember that we are not to lift up ourselves but we're to lift up Jesus Christ So that's what he says. What we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as servants. For Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, he says in the face of Jesus Christ doesn't he mean literally his, his, like, his face. But like, see, in the face of uncertain circumstances, David rose to his destiny or something like that. I mean, in the time, in the advent, in the arrival of Jesus Christ, in the face of his arrival, we understand that God has shined his same light, that same light light that he created in Genesis he has shined that same light in our hearts to give us the knowledge of the glory of God and so I can understand sometimes when we feel like the darkness is just getting to be too much But we need to remind ourselves of these truths that God created the light and he shined that same light within us and then here's the power of that light Jason can you uh, make that lighting change that I asked you about got darker right darker in here probably barely see me on the, the thing now The live stream. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, I think. For some reason I was thinking it was 1 through 3, but maybe not. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. We're going to stop there because we're not going to... I'm not going to take you all the way through this text, but... Remember that here in just a few short verses, in the beginning was the Word. We have, we have the Word, Word, three times in this text. The Word was in the beginning. The Word was with God. The Word was God. A little while later, it's going to say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word is Jesus. Notice what it says there. In fact, we have, you know, some of you and, and I have friends who uh, are part of other religions who have had translations of their Bible created uh, by not very learned biblical scholars, but those who had a different agenda. And this text actually physically says in that Bible, the Word was with God and the Word was a God. That article is not in the Greek text. It is the only translation of the Bible that says that, and it is in error, but it is in error for a purpose because if Jesus is God, a lot of the other beliefs that this religion holds to fall apart. Jesus can't be God and them teach the other things that they teach. This is, by the way, just a little nugget for you. If you're ever wondering if a a religion is a true religion, the single most foundational component that it must have, according to a biblical worldview, if we believe that the Bible is true, is that if they deny the deity of Christ, and I don't mean that he's a God, but if they deny that he is, in fact, God, It is a false religion. Jesus himself said that he was God. When the Pharisees asked, who is able to forgive sins? Only God is able to forgive sins. Jesus said, well, that's me. And the Bible says, then they took up stones to kill him because he said that he was God. This is where we get C.S. Lewis's challenge that if we want to argue about the divinity of Christ, that he is in fact God, a member of the triune, the trinity, the, the Godhead, then we have to argue with his own words and we can only come to one of three conclusions. He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he is the Lord Almighty. He doesn't leave us any other options. Jesus doesn't leave us any other options but to deal with him on his own words. And so here we are. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. That same word became flesh and dwelt among us. So verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. There's a familiar phrase that we just used. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So back in Genesis 1-1, what is the first thing that the writer there tells us that we need to know that God created? Do you remember? In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light, light in the kingdom of God. That's a youth musical that I did when I was like 14. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So he, the Word, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made in him. In who? The Word. Who's the word? Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there's, there's our beautiful truth for today. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I've got two boxes here. Thank you, Heather Ashley and her faithful assistant, Dr. Don Ashley. She made these for me after I, I, I was accused of almost setting things on fire with another version of this that I'd made. It, it worked. I had two little tackle boxes, and I had a flood lamp in one of them, And I had turned it on at the beginning of my message. They were sitting right on the table down here. And our good friend Denise, who used to be here with us, was sitting up here in front. And as I was teaching, she jumped out of her seat and she said, It's on fire! It's on fire! (laughs) It was not on fire. It was smoking. (laughs) But it was not, in fact, on fire. So uh, Heather helped me out with something. Now, one box has a bunch of light in it and one box has a bunch of dark in it. Now, we had all of the lights on in here earlier, we had all of the rest of the stage lights on, we had those house lights on, and now we've just got this one fixture that I can see here that's on. Um, And it's pretty bright where I'm at, but I mean, I'm looking back there, it's dark back there in the back where you guys are, right? So just by percentages, there's a lot more darkness in here than there is light. And isn't that how the world feels sometimes? There's a lot of darkness out there, and it doesn't seem like there's very much light. And we're pre-wired to make those calculations. I mean, you know, if you have... If you have more water, then you have water glasses on the table and you just keep pouring. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to get water all over the table. So we understand these calculations. Our brain does them for us. And So this box of darkness right here seems like if I were to open that up, it would add to the darkness in this room. And it would diminish this light a little bit because there's already a whole bunch of dark. Look, I'm standing in the light, but if I go right over there, there's darkness. So if I open this box up, look, wow, it got so much darker in here when I open that. See all that dark coming out of there? Isn't that scary? Except that's not what happened, is it? Huh. I open that box up, and that light starts going in here. How does that work? I mean, if I close this, now we're like to the refrigerator thing. Is the light on? Is the light off? The I just know that the backside of this lid now is completely dark, right? It's got darkness all over it. Ah! What? Where'd the darkness go? Doggone, how about that? Huh. So the light has come, but the darkness didn't overcome it. I like that. All right, Jason, you want to kill the rest of those lights? Just black us out here. Hmm. The screen's pretty bright in the back, but it's dark in here. Sure, it's dark on screen. I love that these came out this way because, look, the, the light just wants to get out, doesn't it? I mean, I push down on this lid. And these are well made. I mean, Heather is a craftsperson. They're sturdy, they're well made, but even these super tight joints here along the back, along the sides, you can't see them. We'll turn it. You probably won't be able to see it online, but we can see it with our eyeballs here. Look, see, it's, it's sneaking out right there. It just, light wants to get out, and light wants to drive away the darkness. And here we are in this dark room. With this box of light and there's so much darkness in here it seems like there's no way that this box of light is going to really do much in this room full of darkness but when we do this and if you're sitting up here in front take a look towards the back look how much light is coming from here all the way to the back i mean this is almost as bright as it was with the house lights on in here right In fact, up front here, it's brighter than with with our, our fancy little house lights up there. I won't point this at you because it's so bright. But I think the message at this point teaches itself, doesn't it? In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And then when Jesus came who is literally the light of the world, he shined that light on our hearts so that we would know the glory of God. And that no matter how much darkness there is around us, that the light is never overcome by the darkness. Here in a few weeks, in some form or fashion, we will celebrate Christmas Eve Prayerfully, we'll be able to have some sort of in-person event here. We're keeping an eye on our options. But we've had many in the past, and I love it because we do this same thing. We kill all the lights, and then we start with one candle, and we begin to light around this room. And as each candle joins the chorus, it gets brighter. By the time we're done, it is bright in here. It's beautiful. But even if we didn't do that, there are six floodlights in here. I could unscrew five of them and we would still be getting a whole bunch of light out of there. Because you see, this is an interesting thing about light and darkness. There is no amount of darkness that can overcome the smallest amount of light. One candle... If we were to go out into the prairies of, you know, the Midwest, Kansas, Iowa, places like that, where it's flat, in fact, I just watched watched a great documentary about the people who still believe that the earth is flat, and uh, they went to do a little little test where they would shoot this laser over long distances, and if the earth is flat, you'd still be able to see it a long ways away. and the thing was, you could see it for a long way, and then eventually it started to, it started to run into the curvature of the earth because the earth is round, if you didn't know. Um, but you can go a long way. You can go out there to those prairies. Or you could go up here. You know, somebody could stand on the top of Flat Top Mountain when it's dark here with a little tiny flashlight. And you'd see that for 100 miles or more if you had a clear shot. And yet all that darkness would be out there. No amount of darkness can overcome any amount of light. And you, in your life, you are not in darkness as a follower of Christ. The light has been shined upon your heart. It is within you. 1 John Chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you. That God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So as believers, I give you this. Don't despair. It's easy to gripe about how dark the world is. It's understandable to gripe about how, how terrible some things are in the world of politics or in the world of crime and, and the, the interaction of humanity with one another and the terrible injustices that take place. It's, it's understandable to be unhappy about the state of our health concerns in our country and in our world in our city all completely understandable but as a believer would you please would you join with me as I strive to stand instead of in the dark and see the dark and be be discouraged by the dark instead see the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life and in the world and to be the light a verse that I didn't use today Jesus said to us what you are the light of the world you are the salt of the earth a lamp set on a hill can't be hidden flat top mountain and a flashlight you with me would you commit as a believer Look, you're not going to get it perfect all the time. You're not going to hit it 100% of the time. Sometimes it'll feel like the darkness is winning, but that's the moment when you return to these truths. This is why God has given us his word. This is why God has given us his promises, so that in those times when we do feel like giving up, when we do feel like the darkness is winning, we have some place to go to remind us of the truth, that Jesus is the light that he is God and in him there is no darkness and he is with us, which means that therefore in our lives there is only darkness that we allow to be there because he is light. Now, maybe you're watching with us today and you're not a believer and you are just overwhelmed by the darkness. These promises don't mean anything to you because you... You haven't claimed to them. This might be your moment. This might be your time. The Bible says in John 3.16 that God loved the world, this same God, the God who is light, that God loved the world so much, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but they would have everlasting life. What does it take to believe in Jesus? What does that mean? Is it just acknowledging that he existed? Oh, yeah, Jesus. I've heard about him. I believe that. That's good. Well, this this word believe means more than that. It's not just knowledge of the head. It's an action of the will. It's a decision of the person, their own agency to choose something. And it's in response to other things that we find in the Bible. Those things are things that say uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Remember it said back there in Corinthians that his light shines in our hearts so that we can see the glory of God. But in the book of Romans it tells us that everyone has committed sin and that sin has caused us to fall short of that glory that God wants us to see. That's Romans 3.23, but in Romans 6.23, it says, the wages of that sin is death. But that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Another passage of Scripture says that if we will confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is our Lord, God is faithful and just to save us from our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And so there we have it. How do we believe? We understand that we have sin that separates us from God, and we understand that that separation, the cost of that is our eternal death, separation from God. And if we want instead to be saved and to live in this light that is the glory of God. We reach out to receive the gift that he's given us in exchange for those wages. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. So we understand our problem of sin. We understand the remedy for our sin is to know and receive the gift of God. And we do that by then confessing with our mouth, believing in our hearts, that Jesus isn't just a good man or a great teacher, but he is truly God. And we confess that. We ask him to save us. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. And he will be faithful to do just that and I remember back to the day that I prayed next to my bed. My oldest brother Chaz shared that same story with me. Now we, I grew up in a preacher's home. Dad came to Christ a little bit later so some of the older siblings grew up in a, a home that was a good home but not yet a Christian home and then they got to know as a Christian home. But I'd been to, I, you know, from womb. <laughs> to Sunday school to church i had heard just about every message my dad ever preached I learned all about the stories of the Bible <laughs> I knew all that stuff and yet in that moment next to our bed he shared with me what I just shared with you and I knew that I needed something more and I think of it back then there was this incredible sense of relief as I called out to Jesus and said save me I want to follow you and I was 8 years old and I knew And when I prayed that prayer, this incredible sense of, of his presence and relief just washed over me. I, I, it's unexplainable. It was so tremendous. It was so dramatic in, the, in the, 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 the sensations that I was feeling. And as I look back at it now, I think of this passage, and I think that's what it was. Even as a little eight-year-old boy, and you might be a 20-year-old person or a... 30 year old, a 50 year old, 80 year old, whatever. God can call you any day of your life if you will hear his voice. But whatever it is, what I realize now is that even as an eight-year-old boy, my soul was wandering in darkness. And when I prayed that, the light of God's love flooded into my spirit. And I didn't even know what it was. Didn't know that I needed that but it's right here in the word. When I prayed and asked God to save me, the light of his glory shone into my heart because I trusted in Jesus Christ. So you can do that today as well. It's not complicated. You understand everything that I've just said to you. All you have to do is just pray to the Lord and tell him, I I want to believe. I want you to rescue me from my sins. I want you to flood the light of your love into my spirit and I will follow you from this day forward and I will confess you with both my mouth and my life. Reach out to him and pray that today. And if you pray that prayer, I really want you to, to message me, email me, Tracy at C3AK.com. Use the connect form, c3ak.com hello, whatever you'd like to do, but I'd love to hear from you if you're in this building today and you want to talk about that further or tell me that you've made that decision today, maybe for the first time in your life. Um, I don't want to presuppose anything. I know everybody in this room, and I'm pretty sure I know where you're at, but maybe the Lord's touched you in a way this morning that you weren't expecting. Let's talk about that. And then as we go forward... From this place, from your homes, to whatever you do this week, take the light of Jesus with you into the darkness because the darkness has not overcome it. I'm going to pray a blessing for us, and then we've got two videos to close out this morning. One is an update from the Bats family, who was our missions focus last month, and I think you'll enjoy the joy that is uh, on their faces as they communicate with us a little update on where they're at and then we're going to close with one final video this morning um, it's a fairly old song so i don't know if youtube's going to kick us off but if they do the link is in the description and you can find it there if we have to skate out early on the live stream otherwise uh, folks so great to have you here this morning remember that we have uh, i had the wrong dates in the newsletter that went out this week for Clarehouse. house it is uh, coming up the first week of december that first Thursday night. Food delivery will be here at 7.30 p.m. and uh, if you'd like to help with that. uh, Jason, do we have a sign up for that yet? Here? Well, you're gonna have to email us folks because you know the world is topsy-turvy and crazy right now. So we'll get that information out to you this week. Make sure that you're on the mailing list and we'll get that info out to you. Let me give you a blessing. Oh, isn't that great? I love it. And then we'll uh, have these two videos before we go. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: so blessed when we saw your financial gift to the work that God is doing in Togo, West Africa. Thank you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving faithfully. We're excited to see how God uses all of us to accomplish the Great Commission in Togo, West Africa.
0: And right now we're wrapping up our language program in Tennessee and preparing for the next step um, which will be in Oregon preparing for language school officially in January online.
1: More up-to-date information is always available on our website, that'sabroad.com. but thank you guys. We love you, and we're excited to see what God is doing in you in Anchorage and in us in Togo. So, thank you!